Welcome to the Wildcast Podcast, coming to you from Wildcast Studios with your hosts, Adam Lund and Jeremy Boucher. Welcome back to Wildcast Studios for another episode of the Wildcast Podcast, your unofficial voice for all things Moncton Wildcats. As always, fan listeners, I am your host, Adam, and I am joined by your favorite co-hoster in a fancy new hoodie that I don't know if you can see because of the computer, Mr. Jeremy Boucher. Where'd you get that hoodie from? So this is from the uh, Bent Anchor beach bar yep uh which is which is in of course the bustling metropolis of cumbermere ontario uh that's where you where spent I, your summer that's where i yeah. spent my summers yeah uh so if you're ever traveling from uh let's see what would be a good example here renfrew to let's say barry mm-hmm. you take the back roads right you're gonna be driving through cumbermere ontario uh and it's only open in the summer so they close every labor day weekend but a uh, very good spot, right on the water. You can jump off the bridge, even though there's a bridge that says no jumping. And uh, it's one of those beach bars, so you can like drive your boat up yep. and get off your, onto the beach and then walk up to the uh, to the bar. So uh, pretty uh, pretty cool. I like uh, I like that spot. It's like literally a the only place to go eat in the summertime, and it's always busy. How's the food? Very good. Yeah. They have a, a Caesar that has a chicken wing on it. And you can ask for whatever hot sauce, whatever sauce you want on the chicken wing. So it's like a Caesar in a cup. Right. And yeah. then it's topped with a pickle and a chicken wing and then the hot sauce on top. Is that what you got? Absolutely. What kind of hot yeah. sauce? Oh, hot sauce. Like hot, hot sauce. You're a hot, hot sauce oh, guy. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 I can do hot ones. Probably get to like, meh, maybe level seven before I begin to. Isn't there only like eight levels? I think there's 10, isn't there? I don't know. I, I don't know. My, I, I my don't. eyes water and my mouth, like my nose, gets really open even watching that show. I am not a, a hot <laughs> wing, hot sauce, hot anything type of person. I, I, I can I can handle it. Uh, last, whenever it was, sometime over the summer, I went down to Halifax and went to the Seaport Farmer's Market. Yeah. And there's a guy there who has a hot sauce company. And he's got, instead of chicken wings, it's pretzels. So he's got like all like least amount of heat all the way up to like scorching hot and i did the full the full table jesus so but it, it, i don't think there's not as much sauce on a pretzel as there is on a chicken wing no no but you can you can tell like my eyes were watering like yeah. the, the hot the, yeah. the the most extreme one was pretty hot um but i got through it didn't bother me i could have drank the bottle Whew. yeah i mean this was a couple of weeks ago. You're like, we should try the one chip challenge. I'm like, no, no, we should watch <laughs> you try the one chip yeah, challenge. That would be something because my eyes will probably water watching you eat the one chip challenge. Yeah, there's that, or there's that uh, the gummy bear, the world's hottest gummy bear. Have you seen that one? <laughs> no. Yeah, it's like a it's like a fifteen dollar, but it's like one little small gummy bear, and it's apparently like the hottest thing. Oof. And uh, yeah, it's I don't know. I don't know if I could do it on camera, but because i'd probably run out <laughs> i think i could probably take on the potato chip yeah yeah i think so uh but hey if you want to if you want to order it and make me do it some night <laughs> i will you know <laughs> no no i'm not putting you through that if you want to order it and you want to do it you can definitely do it that's because that would be the one time you wouldn't be able to handle the chip and oh, like yeah. choke and i'd be like oh god what i do no i wouldn't i don't think i'd choke i just need probably like dumping water on my face <laughs> dumping and water and damaging your equipment here. yeah yelling up to layla to get milk and all that but talking about uh warm warm weather things man i am every time around this time of the year i'm glad i don't live uh in alberta saskatchewan was getting hit hard on monday alberta had snow over the weekend and i'm just like 
Not only are they a political embarrassment, I am just so glad that I don't have to deal with winter well, in the middle of October. I'm glad you brought up political embarrassment. We're not going to get into that, but <laughs> I did see some pictures. Yes, my cousin's backyard in Calgary was uh, yeah. full of snow. Yeah. They got like 15 centimeters or something like that. But then if you watch the the Stan Peters game, you wouldn't even know it snowed. Nope. So well, uh, they played in Saskatchewan. Well, still, didn't they, didn't they get snow? Well, we should know. Jamie Tozer's somewhere in Saskatchewan yeah, right now. Yeah, he is. And I believe, according to his Instagram on Monday, it was snowing there. Yeah. So, But like it snowed however much in Calgary. The Oilers game at 5 o'clock, not a drop of snow. Like It just came right through there. Weird. And uh, it'll probably be gone by the time this episode airs. But either way, I prefer fall and leaves and not snow. I'm wearing shorts right now. Yeah. You can't. You, like, yeah. I, I, it's, you know, what? October 27th? 7th? 6th? Yeah. And I'm wearing shorts. So that tells you. All so, you need to know. Yeah. Like, we are enjoying this weather. And the double digits, like, if you look at the 14-day forecast, it like, we're still getting double digits going into November. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, I like that. I like this yeah. weather. Sign me up. I never knew what actual fall meant till I moved out here mm. five years ago. So, uh, don't forget as always to follow us on social media as Twitter, Monk to Wildcast, Instagram, Wildcast podcast, TikTok, Wildcast podcast, and don't forget to smash and like on the YouTube. Uh, quick question. Sure. Took it from the website, from the Q website. Uh, which division will produce the best regular season team? Um, your candidates most likely are Sherbrooke, Halifax, Moncton, Quebec, Gatineau. Right now, Quebec and Sherbrooke are tied at twenty-one points. I mean, I, more. I don't think it'll be anyone from the Maritimes division because I just think Sherbrooke and Quebec are able to. I think it's a three-team race, um, and it all hinges on what they get after the deadline. We know that Quebec's going to acquire Robidaw. Not sure what Sherbrooke's going to get. We kind of talked last week about what they could get. Um, I mean, I think it'll probably be Sherbrooke. I, like, they just... Gatineau will be the sneaky playoff team to get to the final. I don't think they'll have the most points, but I think Sherbrooke's going to run away with this thing. I think so, too. Uh, even though, you know, it's... Victoriaville's kind of... Hanging around? Hanging around yeah. right now. I don't know how long that's going to last, uh, but they seem to be doing pretty well, given their... Uh, I'm not going to say inexperience, but, uh, you know, they they don't seem... They don't have any superstars yeah right they're just uh they're just having fun out there and uh but sherbrooke i think to me is is it's either sherbrooke or, or quebec like there's no other team that's going to have an easy ride because gatineau is going to struggle with with all their injuries uh for p- probably the first you know at least the first half so i think it's if you're gonna first of all who comes up with these amateur hour questions anyways like <laughs> what kind of question is that like that's something like you know, like a sixteen-year-old yeah. would would ask on on a on a, on a website. Yeah, it's you not know? exactly like, a easy question. No, it's that's this is something you'd probably get on the talent blog. Like this is a, uh, you know, it's uh, <laughs> just joking, Andrew. Um, <laughs> no, but this is. I mean, I don't know where they come up with these questions. No, it, it just seems pretty pretty amateur. Like ask more better questions. Yeah, right? I don't. Well, uh, the East is at thirty-four percent, which is Quebec. Central's at twenty-nine. West is at 19, and Maritimes is at 18. And like you're saying, I'm going down. And Gatineau's at 16 points. Renderanda is at 16 points. Valdor's mm-hmm. at 15. And Blainville's at 12. That might, that seems to be the most competitive division for right now, now. Until yeah, right. Gatineau gets eight players back <laughs> yeah. and, and then starts to run yeah. away with it. Yeah. 
Yeah. No, it's uh, it, unfortunately it won't be one of our teams in this division, but we should be making some noise in the playoffs when it comes to it. And that's doesn't always matter where you finish; it's just how you finish when you actually get to the uh, to the playoffs. But yeah, that's kind of a softball question, and I couldn't think of anyone, so I was like, why not just take this softball question from? No, last time we do it. <laughs> next, right. next week, I want more better things. Done. All right, let's get some news and notes. News and notes from around the queue. Trades upon trades upon trades this week. Uh, the uh, the Eagles made another trade. This one was a little bit bigger than uh, last week's body acquirement uh, as they acquired Olivia Satney from the Islanders mm. for Peter Repsik. We'll get into Satney a little bit later in the show. Um, then the Islanders moved Patrick LeBlanc to Ramuski for a seventh rounder in this year's draft, which, you know, Ramuski needed something to just kind of Seem to be struggling. I think Patrick LeBanc will make a bit of a difference there. And then, obviously, off the news of the Riley Mercer injury, they went out and got uh, the Voltageur, got Kevin Broussard from Shakutami for a 10th. So I believe Broussard is a 20, is he not? I think so. He's picking up some air miles. I was going to say He's that's, been around the queue for – Yeah. He's been around for a couple – a few years now, and he's – Because he was in Bathurst, right? Yeah. He made some trips. He's been everywhere, I think. I can't pull up his uh, – Bathurst for sure. Ruin Aranda, I think. Yeah. Shakutami, now Drummondville. There might even be teams. a couple more, at least one or two. I just can't think of them right now. But he's been he's been all over the map. Quebec, Quebec. Rurinaranda, Shakutami, Drummondville. He's drafted yeah. by Quebec in the third yeah. round. So he's had five five yeah. teams in in four f- five years. Yep. Jeez, that's like, I mean, you celebrate and when you're. They don't even have. They don't even have. Bathurst listed like I don't even think he played I think he no, was just a, but he was there he was there for so make it six um, yeah that's I mean holy jumping man I mean you celebrate when you're a point per game player but when you're like a trade per year yeah. player yeah oh, I don't even know what's holy jumping now he's got two and oh though with Drummondville 2.4 goals oh, against average so it's he's working out so far working out so far but yeah that's that's obviously a, a trade with uh Riley Mercer's injury news and Jacob Gooby not quite taking the reins as one would expect up there in mm-hmm. uh, Drummondville. Uh, the Monctonian, which is a tournament uh, you're excited about, and most people are excited about it. Schedule is out. Um, oh, I don't know if it's out, but because I do the color, I have the schedule for it. It runs November 17th to the 20th. The Flyers opened Thursday the 17th at 7 p.m. versus the Leduc Oil Kings, and they will play Central Impact from Newfoundland uh, on the Friday at noon. And then Valley Wildcats at 10.30 to finish the round robin. Quarterfinals go Saturday at 4. Semifinals at 8.45 and 9 a.m. on Sunday with the championship at 3. That's some early semifinal action. Yeah. <laughs> These kids are used to it. Oh, yeah. These are the ones that were playing like five, like Timbits hockey at 5 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> so what's a, what's a good game of hockey uh, that early, right? Yeah. You know, that's, they can handle it. That's a that's a lot of, uh, a lot of hockey coming through us. St. John will look to defend their Monctonian championship. I don't know. How does St. John? How how they? Have you seen them yet? Uh, I saw them once. They're not as good as they were last year, right? I think they're a bit better than they were last year. Really? Yeah, they got like 15 returning guys. Yeah, that's right. They do. Wait, who am I thinking of? Sorry. I thought of Fredericton. No. No, um, Yeah, Yeah, St. John looks poised to run away with this thing. Not the Interest, tournament. Interesting. The, the oh, league, the, right? the league, yeah. yeah. Oh, 
Hmm. The Knights are pretty good. They're f- now 4-0 and um, in their last four. Moncton seems to be re- rebuilding. rebuilding. Well, let's and call it rebuilding. Yeah, we'll call it rebuilding. Yeah. And, of course, I don't. we don't see any of the Nova Scotia teams, but um, as we get closer to that, you'll have some names to – to well, keep the, an eye on the QMJHL Cup that was in Dieppe a couple of weeks ago. There, yeah. that's uh, that was a pretty good uh, scouting opportunity. So I've got my eye in a couple uh, players already that I'll, I hope to see at the, at the Monctonian. So it's always a fun tournament. Yep. And uh, yeah, if you're just coming to Moncton that weekend for a trip, uh, good luck getting yourself a hotel room because <laughs> there's nothing left. No, there wouldn't be any. Yeah. Do you get an extra room for someone? No, it's okay. No, no, I'm good. Yeah, no, I don't either. But, yeah, we'll get into more of those uh, games and teams and people you want to pay attention to as we get closer to the actual tournament. The QMJHL Team of the Week, we'll get that out of the way before we get to your uh, Team of the Week. Mm -hmm. Jordan Dume was the Player of the Week as he was just keeps getting slept on. And I think even we, when we talked about the MVP, we thought Sherbrooke, and I don't even know if we put Jordan Dume's name on that, did we, as a player that could – Surprise! Oh, and MB, our MVP yeah. talk. I I think I talked. I said I mentioned his name. Did you? Okay. But because um, I know I, I just, didn't. But I didn't. I just didn't think he'd have the support. Yeah. Um. But oh, him and Vitacek are, are playing quite yeah. well. Uh. So Tommy Cormier, the uh, Victoriaville, three games, four goals, four assists. James Malatesta for Quebec, three games, five goals, one assist. And uh, Jordan Dume, three games, six goals, two assists. So you had to get a minimum of four goals to even be considered mm. on this uh, for the forward group. Obviously, Jordan Dume was the player of the week. Kale McCallum for the Valdor Fourier, three games, two goals, four assists, plus three. You talked about him last week going into the preview. Um, Tyson Hines of Sherbrooke, two goals, three assists in three games. And William Rousseau, two and oh, a nine six five save again, save percentage, one goal against, and one shutout. So. I mean, there's some scoring going on early in these uh, early in these players of the week, and you know, I, I thought maybe Loshing or even Baudouin would have a chance. I think Baudouin had four, five points this week. Um, just not enough. I mean, we got one so far, so we're looking for our second. So one's better than what we got last year, right? Did we? Did we even get one? I think we, we got, got one last year. I think year. it was Barbashev yeah. after he got back from the uh, top right. prospects. He game. went on a tear. Yeah. Yeah, I, I like our chances of maybe getting another one. Yeah, we should have another one probably next month. Oh, I hope so. Yeah, hope one so. a month. That's what we're focusing <laughs> yeah. on. One a month. All right, the uh, Wildcast Podcast Team of the Week That's by right. Mr. Boucher. Yeah. Let's get after it. Um, so let's, this week we're going to start from the uh, from the net out. And uh, so the, this week's uh, Goalie of the Week is a friend of the show, Kyle Hagen, um, who recorded his first career shutout. In a four uh, nothing win over the Charlottetown Islanders on on Sunday, uh, on defense, um, also on the Q team of the week, Kale McCollum, uh, because I mean it's pretty much self explanatory. He's been pretty well lights out ever since uh, going to Valdor. You know he was in the trade for Jonathan Lemieux. Was he? He was like the in the main piece going to Valdor when they when they traded Lemieux to St. John. Wow, he was the main piece, and they and Valdor's got St. John's first. Like that was a bad trade, really. Like, a bad was a bad trade. Uh, also on defense is local product Dylan Gill of uh, Rune Aranda. Um, so he has eleven, almost a point per game player already as a defenseman. And considering last year, he had twenty one points in sixty six games. He's already at 
eleven and thirteen. So he's you know he's doing pretty well. Yeah, uh, I, I like his chances of uh, surpassing his point totals from last year and uh, yeah, destroying his point total from last year. Um, so the forwards, I know you mentioned uh, you thought maybe Charles Boldwin would be on the list. Well, he's on mine, <laughs> um, but only because according to Jason Stewart, aka JD Stew two one eight on Twitter, uh, Charles Baudouin. Uh, looks like he just got off work early to play hockey, and his <laughs> wife and kids will be picking him up after the game. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. So if you haven't seen his his uh, his face, is what is it? What do they call it? The face shot? The profile? Profile? Yeah. With his, I mean, he looks like a thirty-five-year-old man. You can tell he is in the ass. He's the only Wildcat with a yeah. full beard. Yeah. He reminds me. Uh, he, his picture reminds me a lot of Patrick Maroon. Uh, if you haven't seen, uh, you know, Patrick Moon when he has this beard and everything, that's what yeah. he kind of looks like. Um, also, my other forward is Jake Todd. I've, I feel bad because I have two moose heads on this week, but um, Jake Todd is uh, five foot eight, but he fought uh, against Riley Pitt of Bathurst, who was six foot four. Cool. Um, so there was quite a uh, distinct disadvantage. Yeah. Um, you know, pretty good fight, some some vigilante shit, um, but uh, you know, definitely held his own uh, in you know, with all things all things considered. Yeah, right. Um, and finally, you know, Jordan Dumay, um have to include him, but not just because of his play, um, but because he scored six goals in three games, which is more goals than the Cape Breton Eagles scored in their three games last week. Uh, so Cape Breton scored five <laughs> goals in three games last year, uh, last week, and Dume scored six times <laughs> in three games. <laughs> that is my team of the week. Yeah. I like that last one. <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. It, yeah, it does suck that you have to put two moose heads on, but when you do something like that, when you score more goals than a team does in the week, it's a, uh, that's a pretty good reason. That's when did you finish that list? Because I know uh, you, I, had, you I, had I, I uh, and you had uh, someone else on like. I, I finished that list about 20 minutes before getting here. Yeah. Because I messaged you asking if I had Kale McCallum. Yeah. On my list. That, last, was, last that was my last edition. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was between him and Mark andre Gadet because I wanted to get kind of the merit, the New Brunswick thing on it. But yeah. uh, no, I went with McCallum. So I finished well, it about 15 minutes before uh, we started doing this show. Impressive. It takes it's, a lot of work. It, I don't doubt it does. Uh, I can't wait to see what it is in the like middle of December and when there's not a lot of hockey or kind of pouring hockey. Right now, guys are scoring and. But I mean, it's not all about scoring. That's the thing: is Charles Baudouin being the thirty-year-old, the thirty-five-year-old man that looks <laughs> yeah. like Patrick Maroon. Does he ever though? Not mm. the Patrick Maroon part. The actual like, he looks like a veteran. He does. Yeah. So, well done, sir. Thank Let's you. Let's get into the weekly rewind. Thank you. Weekly rewind. What a week it was uh, for the Wildcats extended their point streak to 11 games. They've gotten now 11 of uh, possible 12 in those six games, bringing the record to 6-3-0-1 for 13 points. So on the homestand, um, they got, what, seven of eight points on the homestand. Can't ask for much better than that when you're playing Charlottetown, Halifax, Cape Breton, and a streaking Valdor team, which is a lot better than people would expect um, coming in. So we go back to Tuesday. Uh, as the show came out after the game, we were hoping we weren't the first team to give them uh, to give the Eagles a win. They did get the one nothing uh, shootout victory over us. 
I mean, Steinman was the story of the game. Um, I mean, both goalies, like I said, Satney was acquired, I think, the night before the game. The morning The of. morning of, yeah. <laughs> the morning of. I didn't think he was going to play. Um, obviously, he he did. Uh, and he played Moncton two nights prior with Charlottetown, so that may be the first time a goalie's played two times against, well, at least Moncton, mm-hmm. with two different teams. Um, he stopped now 74 of 77 shots against us um, as it was it was a full-on goaltend battle. And, uh, you know, I I looked at Layla with the, when the shootout started. And I'm like, the way these guys are going, this thing's going to go for a while. Unfortunately, they scored on all three. We scored on two out of three. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, Steinman was the, the story in this one. I thought he was very good all night. Yeah, no, you're right. Uh, it, you know, it's it's very rare that you have a – one nothing win in a shootout. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's almost as if, you know, that before the game, the Wildcats did a little pep talk in, in the dressing room and basically told Steinman, you know, you're on your own, kid. Um, <laughs> and because uh, there was there was nothing like they had nothing going that game. Like they were getting their, uh, you know, they were getting their chances. And, um, you know, Shatney was just, you know, he was like an antihero. You know, he, uh, he he was just – we figured, you know, we beat him the, the the game before, and then he just comes in the, the following game and shut the door. Yep. Right? So uh, you hate to hear that. You, you know, you hate to, to see it. But, you know, it, it's just one of those games where if you love defense and you love Danny Flynn hockey, you were on – this is, I mean, to quote Neil Hodge here, you, you know, buy, you, you pay for your whole ticket, but you're only going to need the edge. Because uh, this was a defensive battle. Yeah, uh, I, I hate these games. I can't stand them, and uh, I hope I never see it again. <laughs> no, I. Yeah, it was. We did get to see one cool thing I've never seen before, and that was the participating in the play over center red line or outside the restricted zone trapezoid penalty on Oliver. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. The, just the random penalty out of nowhere. I'm just yeah. like. I've I've I know that that is a call. I've never seen it. Now the Eagles had the chance to win the game in regulation. They had a goal called back um, on the offside, so it just didn't seem like Moncton. I, I don't know if maybe they overlooked Cape Breton because they hadn't had a winless game, and it almost came back to uh, to bite them. They at least got a point. We almost became the first team to lose to them in regulation. Almost. Well, let me, let me just mention one thing about Cape Breton. Um, so, you know, if we would have lost that game in regulation, yeah. Um, let's let's say Cape Breton would have won that game in regulation, yeah. That would have been their sixteenth regulation wins in the last one hundred and fourteen games. Sixteen in the last one hundred and forty-four. Yeah. So Cape Breton currently has fifteen regulation wins in their last one hundred and fourteen games. Thank you, David McKnight, for that stat. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, Pat McNeil, my apologies. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah. That's like... That's like terrible. Is that even Bathurst bad when they were, had like uh, eight wins and seven wins and something like that? Like, it's, it's getting there. Holy. Yeah. yeah. So Now, uh, they did have a lot of injuries. They still, I think they got their captain back, but mm-hmm. still. They were a very young team, but holy, that's not... Yep. Well, at least let's not do that. Let's not be their 16th regulation. No, that's 17th. it. You, you, you don't want to be a stat like that. No, um, and especially if you're going to contend for the division, these are the games you're going to want to mm-hmm. win. Um, a, when the team is 
down as as bad as they are. Mm-hmm. But you got to beat up on these teams that you're expected to win. And this is almost a year where a lot of the times when we go to the rink, we're expecting to see a W. Yo, hundred percent. Like I, I, I expected the game to win. I, I expected a win in this game, yeah. and uh, it didn't happen. But uh, that's that's the beautiful thing about junior hockey is that anybody can beat anybody. Uh, and you know, we almost got that. Uh, you know, we are almost a stat. Yeah. If you want to put it that way, so I'm glad we, uh, I'm glad that goal was disallowed. Glad we got it to overtime. I'm just, glad, I'm glad we got a point. Yeah, that's that's in the story. Yep, absolutely. And then we get into the uh, Thursday night, the only one of three Thursday night games at home this year. Um, it was not student night. I don't know why it wasn't. They should be doing. <laughs> there's two more home games on Thursday nights. Make them theme like student nights so you fill the building. Anyways, I digress. The Wildcats get an overtime victory that they frankly did not deserve. Um, no, they, and this was the third overtime in uh, four games for the Wildcats, but they they were outshot forty to twenty eight. They looked disinterested for most of. I wouldn't. I don't want to say disinterested. Lackluster mm-hmm. for forty minutes. Um, they got. I, they got lucky. That's all. Like, I don't even really know what to say. I mean, it just wasn't something they expected. I expected to see. I mean, I think at the end of the day, we gave a point to Valdor, but I mean, but I don't know what's happening to Valdor. I, I really hope they go in some sort of a tank <laughs> after in the second half because they're on some sort of a roll. Um, but uh, yeah, obviously, props to loshing here in this game yeah right hatrick especially after that game against cape breton where he i think he had what 10 shots and got sweet nothing out of it uh to come back the next next game and and uh you know get a hatrick is it's pretty good karma yeah um so uh it's always good to hit the net yeah i mean that's it you know without that game against cape breton he was uh he wasn't he was hitting the net but some of them were also going like five feet wide and yeah uh next night it just seemed like everything he got on had on a stick was going in I mean, that patience pass by Baudouin was just, I mean, that's probably the easiest goal that Loshing will ever will ever score. Yeah. And um, so you've, I mean, hopefully that's this is a, a sign of things to come because he's, uh, he, I think he's starting to get into a groove here. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, that that goal that um, Loshing scored on the power play from him, I mean, that was, they were in that zone for most of the time and Baudouin was just like, we're not moving. Like they're just passing the puck. It was really easy for Valdor. Goes on the skate, moves everyone around. Um, and yeah, I don't know if Loshing will score an easier goal, but Kale McCallum, he was the one that tied it. He was everywhere. Um, you can see why he was talked about last week. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's on your team of the week. He won't be there in the second half. Um, he's going to fetch them quite a price uh, for a team looking for a top end, um, top end defender. Again, these are some of the games you look back in the standings and, you know, we get a better playoff matchup because we got two points in this kind of a game instead of getting beat in, in regulation because this was a, a last-year type game. Outshot 2-1 to one in the first period, outshot 19-9 in the second period, um, and then came back and outshot them 10-5. But at that point, you're like, can you guys – it's that meme. Can you do something Yeah, you're poking them? Like it just it seemed like a lackluster, which is weird because I don't know if it was a tired factor. They're not used to playing a game every second night mm-hmm. um, early on, but it just it 
we were lucky to get out of this thing with uh, with two points. Yeah, you're right. And I think the rematch is uh, in a couple weeks in, in Val d'Or. I think the six, yeah. the 16th, is it? Uh, 18th. 18th. 19th. 19th. Yeah, yeah, sorry. So um, hopefully we can, you know, come out with a, with a regulation win in that, uh, in that one, you know. Those uh, those trips uh, those trips in northwestern Quebec and it's nice to get them out of the out of the way early because you never know uh, what the weather is going to be like you know in the winter months but you, I mean there's even though it's middle middle of November there's you know it's definitely going to be snow on the beach in uh, in Val d'Or and uh, so I like I like getting this trip out of the way early on and get uh, get get some points I like the I like this matchup in, in middle of November. Yep, it's uh it's the third of three and four, so it is the last one. So they got that long either flight if they have an incentive or a long road trip, one mm-hmm. of the two. Um Etio Moran scored again. Uh every time he puts the puck in the net, we generally win the hockey game. But he's got five goals in the season, four of them are in uh in six of the wins. So up until that point, four of his goal or five of his goals were in four of the games. So um he is uh He's carrying the offense from the back end. Then we went into St. John on the Saturday and uh, started slow. Like St. John got up to a 2 nothing lead um, and then heard a bees with a, a giveaway to uh, Patty Maroon like Charles Baudouin. That's right. Down yeah. there, mm-hmm. wide open, makes one move. I mean, again, he's probably not going to score an easier goal in the queue. Mm-hmm. And I think that just kind of settled everything down for the Wildcats. It was 2 nothing. Nothing had really been going good for him. Um, and I think the takeaway on this one is 7 Goals by the Wildcats, seven different players from the Wildcats. Mm-hmm. Dwayne Lansbury, Tybo, Bishop again, OJ on his birthday, Barbashev, and Hugo Marcel gets his first um, in the QMJHL. So that was the takeaway for me was seven goals, seven different goal scorers. I'm still wondering, you know, what Herderbeast was doing on that on that goal. Like that that is the question. Yeah. Right? Like that I, I was Christmas was was coming early. Uh, you know, it's. I was surprised he was heard abuse was playing because yeah, that article I sent you from the from the Telegraph Journal it was it was printed on on Friday and and said that you know that he wouldn't be in the lineup and it said that uh, Charlie DeRoche wouldn't be in the lineup so that you know that that's two you know bejeweled sea dogs that uh, um that I wasn't expect that I didn't expect to be playing but they were in the lineup and I mean DeRoche scored DeRoche got yeah he got the first scoring, goal yeah. right and 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 then heard heard some good saves early on yeah. almost almost won them the game yeah um so I was uh I was surprised to see them in the lineup and uh but yeah I mean what, what more can you expect I mean that was um you're right that goal kind of settled them down and, and got them into a groove cuz after that they kind of like more or less p- piled it on and uh, Fillion was good. You know, I think he probably wants that Daypalm uh, uh, goal back. Is that the second one? Uh, I don't know. Where it was just like a lazy wrist shot from. I think it was on a on a rush and. Yeah, yeah, he was yeah. a little bit a little bit off center. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of a knuckle knuckle puck. Um, but when I think he has he them, it doesn't deflate him, and that's it's, a big it's true. step. Yeah, right? and it's true. But you know, he's a young goalie, and one thing I've noticed is that he's, and I mean this in the nicest way, but he kind of. You almost expect a stinker, mm-hmm. you know, per game, and uh, that's just the kind of that's what I'm getting from him is that he's he's good to give up one bad goal a game. Uh, so if he can get rid of that that tendency, uh, he's gonna he's gonna be a really really good player for us, really good goalie for us, you know, in the, in the going forward. But that's just one thing I've noticed is that yep. he's he tends to give up you know one bad goal a game. Yeah, and and but thankfully when he gives up the one. 
it's not one and then two and then three and mm-hmm. then you know we're down it's it's responding and able to get back and continue to allow the team to have a chance he's got four he's won four in a row now mm-hmm. um i would imagine he'll be going uh friday night against gatineau yeah because it's almost like they're going with the win and you're in yeah kind of concept um but i mean what do you, i just i mean cole bishop has just been really good yeah like well, you know it's uh quite a pickup getting game winning goal i think wasn't it uh, i think his his goal was the game winner in uh, in st john, john if i'm not mistaken i mean i haven't seen a bad thing um said about him in uh ever since he got here uh, oj was the game oh winner. oj was game winner okay that was a snipe you see that but still it was a power play oh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah 15 seconds uh, after after bishop got, yeah, yeah that was uh that was a snipe from OJ oh, when yeah. he tells his tells his kids about that one. Hundred miles an hour off the yeah. stick. Yeah. Uh, but Top no, Cole, Cole Cole Bishop has been in, in uh, what a pickup. I yeah. mean, it's um, you know you you see you know some really good things being said about him on the board. Really good things uh, said about him on social media. You know you can you can sense he's got that lavender haze um, around him. And um, what more can you expect? He, he's he's been he's been incredible. I'd like uh, to say as advertised, but. We had no idea yeah. what he was like coming in. Exactly, it's like we don't watch Tennessee junior hockey, and <laughs> he hadn't played any games. And we even reached out to the uh, Ice Dog podcast for the Niagara Ice Dogs, asking about him. Yeah, they didn't know much. They about didn't him know either. much about him either. So yeah. we'd like to say it's advertised. We'll mm-hmm. say as advertised, but he's been. I mean, he's just kind of solidified that third line with with uh, Ty Bell or Mueller and uh, and Danielle. Right? Yeah, gives absolutely. him a little bit of scoring touch on mm-hmm. that line. And I mean. It's, what a find! Yeah. Right? I, it's, I, I wouldn't even have known to look for him, you know. But uh, Mr. Richie, Mr. Richie, the mastermind uh, of this uh, of this organization, and just keeps bringing us the bringing us the talent and uh, keep it uh, keep it going. I I want to see more uh, more players like this, but uh, quite uh, quite quite a pickup. Yep. So now we get into uh, this weekend's games: uh, Friday against Gatineau, Sunday against St. John. One of the keys to Moncton's early success so far is their 4-1-0-1 against the division. And you're going to have to be at least – I thought you just dropped your water. No, it's okay. I'm good. <laughs> um, you're going to want to win at least 80% of the – like, you're going to want to be really good against your division. So St. John, I mean, this, they're not going to be very good this year. This should be the team that you're you're beating up on. I just don't know how to feel about the game against Gatineau. Like, these are two teams that are coming in. I mean, the Wildcats are – quite hot they've points in six straight games uh Gatineau was seven two and one they did take a loss seven and three I mean two versus three in each division but if we don't beat Gatineau should we be upset that we're not there yet like I don't know how to feel you know it's almost like a guarded optimism like yeah we're six three and one and yeah it's early but if we lose to Gatineau like oh we lost to a team that's expected to make noise in the play like you know what I mean? Like, how do, how do we feel on this Gatineau game? That's a good question. Um, it's one of those things where you're right. I don't, I, I don't know what to expect. Uh, if 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 Moncton wins, great. Uh, they consider that they they won against a contender, or if they lose, well, you know, I I expect them to to. I have a good feeling going into the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll, I'll put it that way. I don't say that a lot, uh, but uh, I have a good feeling about it. And uh, usually, when I have a good feeling about a game, they uh, 
either one. <laughs> I'm uh, I look like a genius, <laughs> or, or two. Yeah, I don't look very smart. Uh, so we will see. But uh, I'm excited to. I, I'm excited for this game. You know, it, it's uh, Gatineau is always one of those teams that they bring out a lot of fans mm-hmm. because they're such a historic organization, and I, I don't expect anything less. Like they're gonna. I know their fans travel well, and uh, they're gonna have. Uh, they got Sam Savoie that's from Dieppe. He's gonna probably have you know the entire town yeah. in 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 the stands. All of his you know, all of his family, all of his friends, and. I'm just trying Charles to think. Charles Antoine Pilat comes back. Uh, oh, I mean, wow. I yeah. I don't mean, know how many. I mean, he'll have his billets, I would imagine. But, yeah, Charles Antoine Pilat makes his return to Moncton. Didn't forgot about him. Yep. Did any other Maritimers? They got to go. No. Maritimers. Bridgewater, uh, Nova Scotia, uh, Will Chisholm. Yeah, They've Will got Chisholm. Uh, Donovan Arsenault. Okay, yeah. So they're going to have a pretty good contingent. Yeah. Um, a yep. pretty good group of, uh, of of fans here. So And, of course, um, Salt Lake City Zone. Max Manic Slandry. Slandry. Yeah. yeah. I always like to point that out every time they come yeah. to, you know, it's, you don't um, see that very often. I mean, they don't play for, what, five days since having a time mm-hmm. off. You, it, it it all depends on which Moncton shows up. If the if the Moncton that showed up against Valdor where they were lucky to get points, they're not going to come anywhere close to this one. Mm-hmm. If the Moncton that showed up against Halifax that had piss and vinegar and bite and that's a rivalry game, if that, Hall- if that Moncton shows up, we're in for a heck of a game. So... I I just yeah it's one of the oh yeah Charles Antoine Lavallee as as well will be here not the not the not Lavallee not the Lavallee not the Lavallee but I was I was finding the funny. other the other Lavallee yeah. um yeah I mean t- special teams will be key can't take penalties um against getting another one of the top teams I believe in the power play realm as I say that I look at and they're twelve point two so we should be okay <laughs> but still you don't I thought they were up there for some reason maybe it's the uh, maybe it's talent wise but yeah I mean. And then you got St. John on Sunday, which I i mean, if you're going to split it, Philion has earned the right to play the top team. Mm-hmm. And so he's going to play Gatineau, and then Steinman's going to go against St. John. And what we see from St. John, probably the same we've seen from the past two. This will be their first time here. So, um, But, again, I don't want to say this is a trap game, but it could be one that they get so looking forward to that St. John is a bit – a little bit of a letdown because they were so pumped to play Gatineau and, and see where they, I don't want to say this. I don't think this is even a measuring stick game because Gatineau's not at full strength. The measuring sticks for these teams come usually in the second half when they have all their trade pieces acquired, but this is an early test for, for the Wildcats. I, I think so. Uh, I th- we've already seen what, um, you know, what can happen when you play Sherbrooke. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's, uh, but I expect, you know, when we, when we go to Gatineau, which I think we said was November, February, that'll be a different yeah. looking Gatineau team. Uh, be so a different looking Moncton team too. That very well could be. So if you can get, uh, you know, get get a win here, and then uh, you know that's it's just gonna be probably gonna be a different outcome in February if you ask me. But um, no, I, I I would like to see a win. Uh, I'd like to see a couple wins this weekend. Get this uh, point streak going. And uh, you know, start to separate yourselves from from the rest of the division and 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 the conference, and you know, move up, move up the rankings. Yeah, because last year, I mean, this is almost a carbon copy of last year, where Moncton was winning games and continuing to climb up the standings, and then obviously, when you're playing the t three of the 
top four teams are in your division and you're playing them all second half because of scheduling issues. But, I mean, you got Gatineau, you got St. John, then you've got Charlottetown, Bacomo, Blainville. So there's some opportunity to continue this streak um, moving forward. And Gatineau is at least going to be healthier come February because I still think they're missing four or five guys. Well, yeah, right? it's going to be healthier. It's going to be post-trade deadline. Yeah. Uh, what we see in February is going to be their, you know, their 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 team, like their contending team. Yep. So we got to, you know, fish my championship team that I predicted. Yeah. So don't, uh, you know, if Moncton goes and wins this game, you know, ten nothing, don't don't go count out Gatineau for being, you know, pretenders instead of contenders. Like they yeah. are, uh, you know, they're going to be for real once they get the a full lineup. But this show will be awfully different if Monk defeats them ten nothing. Well, you know, I'll be Nastradamus uh, here. We'll be uh, we'll yeah. be on the show next yeah. week. And yeah, exactly. Uh, we get to see Ty Austin, who was your uh, team of the week player. Oh, that's right. Last Big uh, Ty. last weekend, my goalie from Pembroke, Pembroke, Pem- Ontario. That's right. The unusual route to the queue, committing to Acadia University, and then demoting yourself back to juniors. And he's three and zero since. There you go. So the lovely town of Pembroke. They have, Boston, they, have a, they have a Boston pizza there. What? And a Kelsey's and a mall. And uh, very, it's a very huge military town. Is it? Because uh, Petawawa is uh, about 20 minutes from from Pembroke. So it's a large uh, military town. And that's where Amazing Race was, right? The military one? Yes. Yeah. That's yeah. correct. I think. What? Was it? Yeah, that's what you told me it was. No, that was in... Um, Wawa. No, wait. Wawa and Wawa. Borden. Was it in Borden? I think it was Borden. Oh, okay. I think so. No, Owen Sound. One of the two. <laughs> it's all the same. Yeah. It's Ontario. <laughs> Somewhere in Ontario. All right. Uh, you want to talk to our special guest? Let's do it. Let's do it. View from the other bench. All right, so we get this question a lot from fans. When are you going to have players on the show? And this week is the week. Uh, we couldn't think of a better player to start uh, than the first one from the current team. Uh, he joined us as the 11th round pick in 2020. He was the rookie of the year, and he's the current captain of your Moncton Wildcats, Alexi Daniel. Alexi, thanks for taking the time to join us tonight. Hi, thank you for having me. So, I, I mean, we're just about a month into the season, man. Uh, 6-3-0-1. I mean, this team is on a six-game streak, 11 points uh, out of 12. Um, just as as the captain, just speak to how this team is coming together right now. Yeah, uh, I think uh, we've had a pretty good start to this season, uh, especially last five games was uh, pretty good. I think the team's coming along pretty good. We're gelling as a team. Uh, we're a pretty close group, and uh, you can probably tell on the ice that we're all there for each other. We're we're great friends already, and uh, we're just getting we're just getting better as a team and as a group. Yeah, you can kind of see it coming together in the past uh, past six games. Um, I mean, you're a local guy, obviously. Uh, I mean, you know that. <laughs> um, you played with the Flyers, and then you were drafted to Moncton. Um, just talk about that first year, just coming into the queue, and then uh, it was a bit of an odd year, but you ended up being rookie of the year. Just just talk about the the jump you made from the Flyers to the Wildcats, and and how that went for you. Yeah, well, I I started obviously in Stansted. Um, that was a great opportunity for me to get better as a player, and not only as a player but as a as a person. It helped me uh, grow and uh, have a lot of more discipline 
and uh, basically I came back after my year. I didn't get drafted. I, I played with the Flyers. Um, I had the opportunity to play with great players. Uh, we had a great team, great coaching staff. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure we could have gone pretty far, but uh, then COVID hit and uh, the season ended there and uh, I got drafted. I was lucky enough to get drafted by the Moncton Wildcats and uh, yeah, I, I got a last minute call to get to uh, training camp the first year I was drafted and uh, it was very exciting. I was uh, I was not really expecting to make the team. You know, I was, go- I was going there to I was obviously in my head going there to make the team, but I knew the odds were a little against me as a 11th round pick, not invited at first. So uh, it played a little bit in my head, but uh, I got there, made the team, and uh, yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I love that you brought up Stansted because that rolls perfectly into my <laughs> my first question. Um, obviously, you played there with uh, with your brother, I believe. Uh, at at the time, um, you know, you were there. It was your it was your first year of of draft eligibility. You did get passed over, but how did you use that as as motivation going into that year with the Flyers? Yeah, I yeah. So at Stansted, I was with my brother. Um, he went there a year before me, so uh, he kind of motivated me to go there. And uh, it was it was pretty cool to play with my brother. He's uh, two years older than me, but. I was still captain of that team, and he was he wasn't. So <laughs> it was pretty, it was pretty fun. I used to tease him a lot, and uh, no, just uh, obviously when you go to private school, um, you're thinking a little bit more towards uh, NCAA, and uh, so that played probably a little little role in me not getting drafted. But uh, during summer, I made up my mind that you know I want I really wanted to play in the queue. So uh, I decided to come back, and uh, the Flyers, uh, they, they were very, very good for me, and they, they offered me a spot on the team right away. So yeah, I was pretty fortunate, and like I said, I played with great players, uh, and it made it really easy for me to have the chance to get drafted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've had the chance to play under you know, John DeCourcy with the Flyers and, and now Dan Lacroix. Uh, how have they helped you along with your, with your development? Yeah, um, well, John obviously gave me the opportunity to play with the Flyers coming back from Stansted, and uh, he gave me a lot of a lot of minutes, a lot, a big role on the team, playing first line with two great players, Sam Savoy and Dom LeBlanc. So uh, it, it was pretty. Uh, I was pretty thankful that he gave me that opportunity, and uh, it just really helped me uh, get drafted, and I'm very thankful for that. And uh, Dan, obviously, Dan's probably the best coach I've ever done in, in my hockey career so far. Uh, as you can tell, he's a very, um, he, he knows a lot about the game. He's a, he's an NHL coach. So uh, obviously the way he coaches and uh, the way he gets the most out of his players is something uh, that I, I like a lot. He pushes me a lot to be the best of myself. And uh, that's something I'm really thankful for. So, I mean, obviously there's been uh, – uh, what was I going to say? There, there hasn't been a lot of captains of the Wildcats that have been local products. I mean, you're the sixth one in franchise history. Uh, the Sonia Twins, Christian Gaudet, Steven Johnson, and Mario Cormier. And, you know, we've had Richie on a couple times, and he said it doesn't matter if you're a first-round pick or a 14th-round pick. You have a chance to make this club come in, work, 
uh, and you're 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 going to keep playing. And and obviously you've done that leaps and bounds. Um, just what does it mean to you as a local kid just to be named uh, the sixth local uh, captain of the Wildcats? Yeah, obviously just being named captain in the first place is a is a huge honor, and uh, it's very exciting. But obviously being named captain of the Moncton Wildcats, my you know my, my hometown team, that's that puts even more excitement and uh, even more honoring for me to uh, to get named captain. And uh, obviously this comes with great responsibility. So uh, I'm I'm lucky to have great teammates and a great coaching staff to help me. Can you tell us how you found out about becoming captain? Was it a team de- team decision, or uh, how did that come about? Uh, I'm not so sure how they they decided, but uh, I w- we were just uh, in the dressing room before practice, and uh, I had no idea. And Dan uh, announced in front of the whole team that I was going to be captain, and that Hammer and uh, Barb was going to be the assistant for the year. So it was. It's pretty shocking, pretty exciting, and uh, I was at loss of words. <laughs> uh, obviously, you know, uh, anytime we have a, an interview on, whether it's a player or, or a guest, uh, personally myself, I always like to have a little bit of fun with the last question. Uh, you are a local uh, a local kid from, from the area uh, as and as captain of the Wildcats. If there was, a, let's say, a new player coming to town, like a, like a Cole Bishop, for example, um, what restaurant yeah. would you be taking this new player to as a special <laughs> welcome to the team? Yeah, I, I personally, I've never taken a, a boy on a date, but uh, <laughs> I like to go out, uh, I like to go with my girlfriend sometimes during simple in the morning. That's a, that's a go-to. Um, but you know, I, we we love to go out maybe after a game, after we had two games in the weekend, we love to go out to maybe Sports Rock or just like St. Louis, get some wings with the boys and just chill. That's that's a go-to like. Uh, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> always a good choice. I always like to say the Sports Rock is the most romantic restaurant in Moncton, so I'm glad we're on the same page here. I like how that was more of a recruiting question, and that was a, that was one of the better answers that uh, that we've heard, Alexi. Uh, obviously, we don't want to take too much of your time, as you're, uh, you know, you, you got certain nights off, and uh, you know, we you got a big ga- big couple games coming up against your your buddy Sam Savoie and and Gatineau. Do you guys uh, talk a lot um, during the season, or is it kind of a you know just kind of when you guys see each other? Uh, you, you know, uh, I text a lot of my buddies that play in the queue, but uh, you know when we get to play each other, we we just see each other after the game and we talk a little more, and it's pretty fun to play against guys that you've played with your whole well your whole career, like growing up, just like Adam and Pee Wee, I always played with the guys like Sam and, and Nick Sheehan. So it's pretty cool to play against them. And, uh, yeah. Well, that's awesome. Again, man, uh, we want to thank you for joining us. Um, obviously, um, it's been a joy to watch you these past couple of years and, um, we, uh, we, we wish you all the best uh, success this season. Um, and we'll be tuning in. And again, thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us. Thank you very much, guys. You ready for everyone's favorite part of the show? Absolutely. Let's do it. Eric Murray Realty. Buy a house from him. Stick tap of the week. Speaking of Eric Murray. Yes. Um, if you are actually interested in buying a house, he actually put up a really nice one today. In Riverview? In Riverview. Yeah. On Henderson. Yeah. Really nice. Well priced as well. Yeah. 309, I think. Yeah. Four bedrooms, two mm-hmm. bathrooms. Looks nice inside. Of course, uh, you know, 
considering the prices of houses these days, that's I, I looked at pictures pretty nice for three oh nine. Actually, we the last two weeks we've kind of started looking again because we're going to go in the spring, right? Because houses, a couple in Riverview that are just nicely priced, mm-hmm. perfectly, you know, for what they are. Um, yeah, so absolutely, houses are. I wouldn't say they're coming back to where they were, but there there's some finds in there if you can as well. Guys, follow Eric Murray on Instagram because sometimes he can't always get to hockey games, so he'll give for his tickets away. Um, we'll try to share it as much as we can, but if you follow him, uh, some of his stories, he may have tickets to give away on game days. So uh, just one way you can uh, maybe get some tickets. That's right. So getting back on All topic right, Back here. to your stick tap. Yeah, back to your stick tap. <laughs> uh, so over the past weekend, uh, the family and I had a chance to go check out uh, the Buddha Zoo uh, at the Magnetic Hill Zoo. And boy, was it ever busy. Um, we had to park farther away than the day we went to Magic Mountain in the summer when it was like 30 degrees. Yeah. So we had, we parked quite a, quite a distance. Um, if you've never been to Boot the Zoo, it is quite fun. Uh, the animals are all out doing their thing. Uh, if you're lucky, you'll hear the lions and the doing their <laughs> thing too. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we did see that when I brought my parents in 2019, I think. We went to the zoo, and sure enough, they were doing their thing. They were doing their thing. <laughs> yeah. They they yeah. like to do things yeah, together. They do, yeah, when they're bored, they like they to do things. They have good and, chemistry. Yeah, and sure enough, there they were. Yeah, <laughs> we're not like, lying. Yeah. Um, so this is obviously an annual event that uh, that they do, you know, usually every couple weeks, weekends before, uh, before October. Uh, I highly recommend going to check it out. It's... Um, it's not it's way back in the in the day they actually used to do an adult one at night and it was a lot more scary. Yeah. Uh did you go to that one? I, I went to one and that was the, the last, last one, one I went to. <laughs> so uh I will never your... go to another one in in the nighttime. <laughs> um but there was actually one th- uh, activity um tour uh, attraction at this boot the zoo that is um i couldn't do it yeah. it was uh by the sounds of it too scary uh there is a security guard working at the door that warns you how scary it is on like a scale of one to ten or like so they have one two and three so one is not scary two is mm, okay a little bit scary but not at all. But three is like super scary. Right. Like it goes from a, like extreme to like extreme scary. Right. Uh, so we wanted to do it. Like Megan and I were like, ah, fine, let's do it. But Avery was like, eh, I kind of want to do it too. But then the guard's like, uh, actually, no one under 12. <laughs> I was like, really? Is it that bad? He's like, yeah. Like you walk in and they lock the door behind you. I'm like, nope, okay, nope. nope I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> As soon as he said lock the door, I'm like, there is no way I am going into a dark room knowing the door is going to be locked behind me. He's like, no, we locked the door. As soon as you get in there and you're not allowed to come out. Like if you go in there and you get you, sh- you poop your pants, as soon as you walk in that room, you can't come out. You've got to go to the other end. Oh, boy. And yeah, um, I was like, okay, no, I'm out. So none of us went into the n- number three. Um, but, um, no, the, the, I know way back in the day, uh, they used to do an adult one and it was like, it was a, the scariest thing. Like hmm. you would, you would, you'd walk in and you'd be like a trail to your left and 
all of a sudden somebody would jump out of the woods at you. And I, like, I'm just, I'm sorry, but I, I, have, no. a, I have a fist ready, you know, if <laughs> no. you're going to do that. Um, so, you know, I'm just glad they don't do these, uh, you know, meet me at midnight, uh, boot the zoos anymore uh, because it's it's uh, quite frightening. But no, this getting back on onto the day one, um, it's a pretty fun event. Yeah. It's it's well priced, you know. It was like fourteen dollars for an adult, which I mean, yeah, it's the same price for a hockey game. But um, you get to see the animals, and uh, I was I almost uh, kind of took a picture of the panther and sent it to you, Adam, yeah. because it was on Sunday. Yeah, and I was like, oh, I, I, go, I was, I was going to say go Panthers, but I uh, and I was like, crap, uh, I almost did it, but then I was like, uh, <laughs> don't want to piss them off, yeah. but they're in the box I loft. Yeah, remember that time I didn't wear my Mariners jersey? Yeah, yeah. good times. <laughs> um, but no, uh, this is, it's a lot of fun. Uh, it'll be on um, this weekend as well, uh, Saturday and Sunday. Uh, I believe it's the 29th and the 30th, 10 to 4 at the zoo, and uh, bring a whole family. It's uh, it's fun. The kids are all dressed up in their costumes, and Avery was. Uh, did you watch Encanto or Encanto? Uh, yep. Yeah. So she's gonna be Mirabelle for Halloween this year. Nice. Um, so all the little kids were like, "Oh my God, it's Mirabelle!" It's like, <laughs> "Hi, I'm popular. Everybody knows me." <laughs> um, but yeah, no, the dress up your kids. Uh, go to Boo at the Zoo. It's uh, t- tons of fun. There's you know, there's the animals are there. There's uh. It, little treat things. There's like a pumpkin thing where you chase to find the pumpkins. Nice. And what else was there? Anyways, just don't go in number three. There's only one like number three really scary thing. Don't go in it. Uh, you will, unless you're really, I mean, handle it? No. No, I, can, uh, I, I can barely handle it I wouldn't it do it either. No, I'm not into the lock the door behind me no. type. It's it's not like, uh, you know, when you go to, you ever been to a corn maze? Nope. Oh yeah, I've been to yeah, like the the, the corn, corn the, the corn the green pig yeah. corn one where in the daytime. Yeah, but the nighttime? No. 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 I, I'm not I'm not dealing with that labyrinth. It's like uh Why am I paying to get scared? That's it. And I know it's all fake. I know that nothing's gonna happen to me, but I'm not paying you money to have the SHIT scared out of me. <laughs> there's no there's no I don't need that in my yeah. life. Um yeah. I think I think I love with the zoo is that they do. I mean, it's it's an annual thing, mm-hmm. so you usually get like if you're a family, okay, you usually go to the, the zoo once in the summer, and then you got to go to the booth the zoo. But if you go to the at the summertime and you go to booth the zoo, you got to go to the lights when the Christmas lights. Yeah, yeah the Christmas yeah. lights are. I mean, it's beautiful. You don't see the animals because they're probably packed away somewhere, but the lights are incredible. Like it's just it's like magical. Yeah. Um, but no. Check it out. I highly recommend it. It's a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, just don't, never don't do the night one anymore. No. The Stick Tap Week, sponsored by Eric Murray Real Estate with the Remax Avante team. If you're looking to buy or sell a home in the greater Moncton or surrounding area, make sure to check him out on social media or give him a call at 506 863 all right, and that brings us to the uh, Wildcast Wildcat of the Week presented by Rosemary Lynn Massage and Spa. Right now for the month of October, you can save 25% on a Mani-Pedi combo. Uh, to book, call 506-830-1224 or visit them at 1224 Mountain Road. The Wildcast Wildcat of the Week goes to a player, like we said, if he hits the net, he could score 40. And uh, he finally hit the net, and he scored three. Um, you can see just the – he didn't have the monkey off his back celebration, but you can just see the – 
when he finally got that one, uh, the first one there, he had four points the week, uh, three goals, one assist. The Wildcats Wildcat of the week is number 40, Yohan Loshing, and it was just good to see him put the puck in the net mm-hmm. after hitting the net. No, you're right, and it's it's just one of those players where he can be one of the best players in the league, in the league and then you could also get on your nerves yeah. the next game. Uh, he, you know, he's almost like midnight rain, you know, it's just, it's, it's a beautiful thing, but sometimes you just can't, you just don't want to experience yeah, it. You're frustrated by it. Yep. Cause if you're driving and it's midnight and it's raining, yeah, it's not, not fun. Not fun. No. It can be very dangerous, but when it's, it can also be very romantic. <laughs> you <laughs> yes. know, like if you're, yes. if you're not driving, <laughs> yes. Midnight rain can be very romantic. Yes. Right. Cause you're, you know, you're not, you're walking with your partner and you're holding hands and your hair is getting wet and it's yeah. you know it's like oh this is so this is so romantic I yeah. love you <laughs> <laughs> um, but then if you're driving it sucks yeah. because your visibility is yeah. not good absolutely <laughs> ah that's a good one well yeah. done well done uh, don't forget two home games this week uh, Gatineau is in town Friday night Darren Rumble and Charles Antoine Pilate make their return Darren to Rumble make their return to Moncton we can keep saying that every year after year really is there. Um, and then the Sea Dogs on Sunday for the Halloween game at 4 p.m. Um, stay tuned to the Wildcats social medias. Hopefully they have like contests for costumes inside. Or I mean, I know it'd be tough ticket When's wise logistics, but well, yeah, that's right. Kids should be free with a costume. I, I just get these kids dressing up. It's the only time they can wear their actual costume inside without uh, a layer of coat underneath. Is uh, Halloween is next Monday, so Halloween is next Monday. So this show will probably not come out on November 2nd. It'll probably come out on the 3rd, the Thursday, because obviously one of us is handing out candy. One of us is going on uh, trick-or-treating with their kid. <laughs> My pretties. <laughs> wow. That'll do it. Have a good week. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Wildcast Podcast. Follow us on social media at Moncton Wildcast. Make it like that, though. You made it like...